We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. Welcome to the Eight Black Hands Podcast, episode 57. We out here. Jump in the comments. Let us know that you are here and that you are rocking with us. Fellas, let's check in. Charles, man, how's it going? Uh, it's been going well, man. It's um, busy. I've uh, been concerned about my family. I think things are going well. Um, and just, you know, about my, my community, thinking about them, have a lot of folks in my mind. But uh, I'm really, really happy to be seeing the three of y'all tonight. It, it, it's much needed to break up the monotony. So I'm happy to see y'all. That's what's up. Reef, how you doing, sir? Hey, man, doing well, doing well. Um, happy holidays to y'all. And um, good to see you. Yeah. Hey, Reef, before we jumped on, we heard some Aladdin music. You want to explain what was going on in your crib? <laughs> well, that wasn't quite Aladdin music. Uh, in <laughs> Arabic, that would be Aladdin. You He's know, so but, culturally uh, incompetent. He is. <laughs> he is. He is. That was, what you heard was the Don, the call wow. prayer, you know, so. But yeah. Yeah. All right. I didn't even know y'all could hear that. There's some good, uh, y'all got some good uh, earphones, and I got a good mic, it seems like. No, it, ain't, it got nothing to do with your mic. It got everything to do with the <laughs> club basement you got. And, and uh, <laughs> what up, Reef? <laughs> uh, Stuart, what's happening, bro? Talk to me. Bro, you got so much gain on that mic. <laughs> you got so much gain I, I on turned, that mic. I turned the weight down on the computer. Like the I got, East, East I got, Coast be I, shouting Negroes down, just like yo. I got um, I got gain on my mic. You got hate. You got hate yeah. in your heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the gang. Um, it's good, man. It's good. It's been a good week. Um, um, I've had some time to just chill and get my mind straight. So last twenty four hours, uh, I've done that. Um, this is a weird Easter. You know, uh, for everybody listening, uh, he is risen. The Lord is king. Um, we are good, um, but we are trapped inside. So this was a weird kind of like, you know, Easter, mm. you like to do things you know, like make a little Easter egg hunt or something like that or whatever. Um, go see family, go to church, can't do any of that. So just sit at home. That sounds cliche, bro. Hey, um, you quit something this week. What 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 was that? What what's happening? I had to leave the reform movement, man. I had to leave y'all alone. I, I resigned <laughs> from the education reform movement, bro. I had to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All this privatizing crap got on my nerves, man. <laughs> yeah, I had to like leave it. I, I did. Yeah, I quit. Yeah, I quit. That it caught it, it caught some fire that that letter you wrote. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a trip. Like it it, it fast. It caught fast, <laughs> like overnight. <laughs> I was like, well, damn, y'all really want, you know what, what, this is what's so messed up about it. They read the headline, I quit and I'm leaving the movement. And folks was like, yeah, <laughs> finally get rid of him. <laughs> then they read it. It was like this jerk, this guy. It was like, the, funny. It was like the one from last year, the secret meeting that, that they were having fixed schools. And That's everybody right. was like, why wasn't I invited? Where's that meeting? Some were like, yo, let's go blow that joint up, you know? Oh, my God. Yo, all right. So let's transition into some topics. So let me introduce this. So yesterday, um, Mayor Bill de Blasio, who has mayoral mayoral control over New York City schools, 
came on the air and he said that New York City schools will be closed for the rest of the remainder of the school year. Approximately 45 minutes later, uh, Governor Cuomo got on the air and was like, to be damned with what de Blasio is saying, I run these schools and I have not determined if schools are going to be closed. Mayor de Blasio can have an opinion, but at the end of the day, I win this pissing war because I am the governor and he's the mayor. So what are y'all's thoughts on that? I mean, well, well, go go ahead, East Coaster, because this is this is y'all's topic. So I was about to say, why we always in New York? Yeah, go, 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 go ahead. New York. Uh, I was just going to say he outranks him. So, you know, I was just surprised on Twitter, you know, Ankrum, who's usually riding for Cuomo, talking about that's the president and that should be Biden's VP. You know, mind your Republican telling the Democratic nominee who's elected. <laughs> right. It's already a little weird. But, you know, he's usually riding for Cuomo. But then he's like, he tweets at the governor, like, yo, you out of pocket. You should be not. You should be listening to the mayor. And he, you know, I think the governor wrote him back like, "Yo, sh- sit down." You tell him <laughs> what to do. You know, same thing he told De Blasio. But I, I mean, I thought New York was. I don't know why they took so long. Anyway, there, I think there were like what nineteen states at this point, twenty states who who shut it down. So it'll be interesting. Like, what is his, um, you know, reasoning or why? What is the delay? Or does he know something that you know the rest of the folks don't? Yeah. Mm. And so, but Charles, here's the deal, right? You 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 count this as being regional, right? Well, Every time we have a goddamn well, topic, it's well, regional. Hold on, hold on a second, brother. I was about to answer the question. Why don't you calm down some of that on the Lord Day, brother? Why don't you <laughs> calm it down just a little bit? It's the resurrection day. Let's let's yeah. let's bring in a different energy. What I was gonna do is I was gonna take yeah. it and look at it in a broader lens, right? Like who has it? Is it local control or is it the state or is it should it be the feds making these type of decisions, right? That's how I'm taking this topic, which is a very New York topic, but y'all are the largest school district in the country. So I will answer your question before you get all aggressive. So <laughs> I guess what my thoughts on it is, is I think that um, this is a time that I, I mean, I think it's a pretty petty argument that shouldn't be happening in the public. I think this is a failure in leadership. Again, like people are worried about so, so much stuff. Um, and I don't know if we're going to talk about it on the show, but Chris, Chris sent us a link earlier of a little boy in school that's just like, just super frustrated and scared and tired. <laughs> And this is a type of leadership that leads to that type of like bewilderment and like um, just not knowing what to do. Right. So what I would prefer happen is I prefer those folks and the powers that be actually get on a phone or get on a Zoom link or whatever they need to do and come up with a plan and stand together and figure something out. Like we need leadership to ease the the uncertainty and the anxiety that's happening right now in this country. Right. And, and, and I think so. I think it's a failure of leadership on both parts um, and just the way that played out. Does that suffice, Mr. Ankrum? <laughs> it, it, it does. I, I, you, where are you at right now? Where's your, your geographic location? We're not going to do all that, brother. Let's go. <laughs> I, I, am, I am safe. I'm in. And, uh, and we're going to keep it moving, brother. You be trying to blow up slots. But real quick, uh, for the people that's watching and joining us, uh, if you are watching us live on Facebook, you can be a supporter right now. We want your comments. We want to chat with you. But also start your own watch party. That's a good way that you can like support us and make sure this is spreading out so we can have this show with all of you. And we can all catch these hands from Ray. It'll be great. He got enough aggressiveness to pass on to everybody. <laughs> and I'll sure tell you with love. I see, I see what's happening right now. I'm being painted out to be the aggressor. And I never really am. It's always Chris. 
Wow. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm the calm one, bro. <laughs> so, so what, what's, what's your thought, Chris? How you feeling? Uh, I feel like you get the government that you deserve. Um, I, you know, I feel like if leaders are falling down on the job, it's your fault. Um, I believe everybody's at fault right now. And we're all figuring out how much we're, we're at fault. Parents, what you haven't been doing is be, becoming very clear to you. Teachers, principals, school systems, governors, the president, almost everybody. You can point the finger in any direction and everybody's figuring out right now how much of their duties they have not been taken care of. Right. Um, I don't know much about what goes down in New York City, but I can say this much looking at it from a distance. Um, it's it's so big. Right. The school district there is so big that I can't imagine how it wouldn't have problems like there wouldn't be this tug of war. I mean, the governor wants to make sure the pandemic doesn't spread in your state. Um, but all the other leaders in the cities have other things to think about, mm-hmm. you know, the economy. Um, collapsing, city services collapsing, schools collapsing. So, so pray for y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what's happening in your landscape, bro? You think y'all gonna get back to school this year? Uh, you know, it's funny. Bill Gates said today that he thinks that schools are gonna be ready again in the fall. He thought he he, he said that uh, he doesn't think the economy is gonna go back by the fall or this year. But he thinks schools will be ready to go back by the fall. That was the first I had heard of that because states are, are literally telling all of us, um, be prepared for this not to happen this year at all, period. So mm. interesting. I right, thought I, I thought we were coming back in the fall. I, I I definitely am expecting like school to kind of be back in session in some form, like, you know, come the fall. But you know, it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't, but I, I'm anticipating that that kids will be back in school. If not everywhere in the country, I'm definitely thinking that you're going to start to see people break away from what the national uh, recommendation is going to be. And I think that I think that we're already starting to see that tension right between like the national folks putting on a time limit versus like the local people. And I think it's going to be really interesting how that plays out. I don't know what's going to happen, though. Reef, what are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I our state just closed, uh, you know, this past week. It was just like we're shutting it down for the rest of the year. I'm hopeful that the fall is, um, you know, folks are back in and we're, you know, we're OK. I think there's still some states, you know, who I think these are things, you know, stuff with like contagious diseases and stuff is so hard. You need like all states to be on the same page. Right. And so I think that is where some of the federal government or at least, you know, folks being on the same page across, you know, across lines, across, you know, boundaries, borders, because if not, it doesn't really work. Right. Like you shut your school down, but you have this interstate traffic going on and, and stopping and gas, you know, all this stuff, man. I was, I just watched contagion for the first time today too. So I'm just like, this is like, they didn't even, have to uh i didn't even have to watch it because you could just watch watch the news at this point and see it um mm. but uh queen kaya had uh you know i was asking her about movies and she had, had said that was a good one so i think everybody got to be on the same page but that's again we talked about this a couple episodes ago there's such a lack of leadership or spotty leadership mm-hmm. um, and even where like in new york where you thought things were you know relatively communicative and people being on the same page. And then you see a spat like that, which was really just a phone call 
prior to just saying, hey, this is what we're thinking. How should we, you know, how should we call it? Um, and so even where it looks like things are together, Monday, things are together by Wednesday, things have changed. And I, th- I think that's just the, the nature of where we are right now. But I think I, oh, I didn't mean to cut you no, off, but, I, but I, I think it goes back to Ray's topic, though, right? Like, I think this question of what's going on between de Blasio and Cuomo is, you know, it's the equivalent of mommy and daddy fighting in front of the kids, right? Like, like it's that's never good, right? Like, there's usually supposed to be like you want a level of we are we are in unity around this piece or whatever. I think that when that happens, when you see the public dissension in petty ways play out, I don't, I don't think it helps any of this stuff. I think that it makes people more afraid. And I think it's going to make people act more uh, against whatever the recommendation is for what should happen. Right. So, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I give you a hard time about it, Ray, but I do think that what New York LA and Chicago does is very, very important uh, as far as what the country does. Um, and I think that it's not a really, really good example uh, just right now. And I mean, I, any any type of like crease in that in that armor or whatnot, like you're going to have dissenters and folks that already are not taking this seriously. You're going to have them start. Their voices are going to get louder and louder and louder. Um, you know, in West Oakland, there was a secret underground party that was going to take place. And like you got like, you know, you had to be like in a really cool crowd to get it. And a few of the people that got the invitations put it on Instagram and was like, y'all stupid, y'all wilding. And I commend those people that did that. Right. That that like busted those people out because we still have a bunch of folks that's not taking this seriously. So just to even turn that back into what Ray brought up, it is we don't need more of that stuff in the zeitgeist. Like we need everybody to kind of follow this protocol to get us through the storm because we're not out the woods yet. Things are looking up and they can get start to get favorable, but we can just as easily like delve back into it being even worse. And, and I think people re- need to really know and understand that. Yeah, that's what's up, Charles, man. Thanks for blessing us with that uh, opinion of yours. I yeah, got so something to ask though about that. Charles, what makes you, so when you say that LA, New York and Chicago, what they do is really important to everybody. Uh, in a sense of they're just they're the largest districts. So a lot of people take their cues, right? So folks will wait for New York or the Bay or LA or Chicago to do something. And then they'll like follow suit if they weren't going to do it already. Right. So the same way that New York, Texas and LA kind of, I mean, in California have a lot of impact nationally when they do things in their own state. I think the same is, is true for these school districts, right? As somebody who worked in like school districts, I've, I've, I've been in meetings where we've referenced, well, what's happening here? Or what's, what is LA doing about that? How is LA kind of approaching that? Right. Um, and, and I, and I think a lot of smaller districts where, you know, even though those are the largest districts, the majority of the nation's children are in smaller districts and they tend to take their cues from the big dogs. You see, you know, that, that's why I ask, because I actually don't think that's true. In some cases it is. I hope I, I hope I that mean, I, I hope in this with, case it's not. With something like with be. textbooks, it might mm-hmm. be true that Texas has a lot of sway over textbooks, for instance. Right. But I think a lot of smaller districts are looking at L.A., Chicago and New York and being glad they're not them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not taking their cues from them, like like right. saying we don't need that problem. Like, you know, sucks to be you. Um, and you're seeing the size play against them in this case. Being really big as a school district works for you when it comes to buying things, mm-hmm. when it comes to purchasing power. But when it comes policy to, stuff, when it yeah. But when it comes to having a problem, 
mm-hmm. and you put it on a scale of an LA or whatnot, that's a problem nobody wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just even being nimble enough to to address this stuff. I, I think about that all the time when I think about like 1.1 million students. Like, mm. like man, it's hard to even wrap your mind around that. That's too much. That's too many yeah. students. <laughs> they should break that up. You know, like Indianapolis has, I want to say, 16, 17 districts in Indianapolis, like the, the metro area. New York literally should have like many more districts rather than being one district. It's too big. A million kids? Come on now. That's stupid. You shouldn't do that. Uh, all right. All right. All right. All right, fellas. Pipe down. <laughs> he like, yo, stop so, talking about so, my city. <laughs> so, not, he right. don't live in New York. Bro, I, I absolutely <laughs> live in a New suburb. York. Yeah, whatever, man. I'm not, yo, listen, I'm yeah. not going to let that judgment uh, yeah. <laughs> affect how I'm hosting this show. Right. And it's time to move to the next topic. And so, um, the Surgeon General of the United States yeah, bro got called to Uncle Tom. Can you can you can you put the clip in here? The clip is important. So can you put the clip in so we can listen to the clip? Who put it in? Well, it's in well, just, just, just keep going, man. You got we gotta we gotta oh. coordinate that a little bit better, man. Keep going. So I put it in the slack. Brother, <laughs> him with his, I put it in the slack. I put it in the slack. Oh my god, right, it, it's right, in the slack, right. brother. But it, it's it's, right. it's so, it so that, if they ain't never did it before. It ain't that simple. So just right. it's explain what happened. Okay, I can pull it up. You explain what happened then. I'm trying to pull up your damn clip. I'm trying to help you out. I don't, need your, I, I don't need Jeez, your help, man. Um, <laughs> he said, I don't need your help. You need his help. <laughs> I don't need his help. He helped me earlier for like two hours. Yo, so, so, so the Surgeon General, he gets on stage um, and um, African-American guy uh, who I feel like has ownership over certain words because he's an African-American guy. Mm-hmm. And so he says things like umbrella, big mama, and like all these things as trying to, I guess, be a protectionist for um, African-American families. And so he's basically saying that y'all need to stay your ass inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the reason why y'all took it the wrong way is because he's in Trump's administration. If he was a Surgeon General under Obama, then it would have been looked at and taken differently than how he said it. Mm-hmm. And so my point is, is that how is he an Uncle Tom for trying to save lives? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts? I mean, a couple of things just to add for context. He was saying when he said the big mama thing, he was talking about for younger people to be respectful of the fact that they might be carriers and putting their grandparents in jeopardy. That was the point he was trying to make was what Charles just said a second ago, these underground parties and these people that are doing things that still could make the spread happen are putting older people in jeopardy. So he was trying to personalize it and say, think about your, think about your grandparents, you know, here, but I agree with you, Ray. Like if he was, if he was working for Obama and he said the exact same thing, because listen, Obama said some things, don't you remember? Pull up your pants, be better fathers. Take off your your slippers and go to work for me. You don't remember Obama saying all that stuff and getting away with it? (laughs) (laughs) Obama got away with so much of that same stuff, bruh. Same stuff. But you're right. It's because this dude works for, for Trump. Which you know might be a good enough reason. Just be very honest with you. <laughs> nah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna let y'all do that. And see, and so, so this is this is this is the problem that this is the problem that I have with the situation, right? So when you say Uncle Tom to a black person, that shit hit home. It hits home, right? Yeah. And so I got folks 
you know, on my timeline that are ignorant as hell that are like, oh, he he's this, he's that, he's this, he's that. For saying something to try to save your life. I mean, but what were they taking exception to? I mean, I think it's a couple of things, right? Like if if he's saying it, and was he saying it to everybody, or he's is he just like are black and brown people, folks with big mamas and abuelas are the only you folks know, hanging out? You, you, yeah, you know, you know what I see y'all do, and I'm saying y'all. I'm just curious. I'm just asking. But you know, you, people but you know what I see. see. Yo, yo, no, no. Tell no, me, what no. do you see? You know what I what see. Y'all do. You we, we is that y'all, y'all take this whole COVID situation, right? Mm-hmm. And then y'all mm-hmm. want to talk about, oh, y'all want to antiquate it. Y'all want to say, oh, well, you got to talk about the historical pretext of racism and how structural racism has gotten us to this point. <laughs> Man, I don't want to hear that shit. We talk about right now. We talk about right now. How do you so, talk about now, now without so talking about, connecting it to history? How do you do that? Like, uh, that must so be what? a beautiful because, world. We must be a beautiful, naive world to talk about anything in currently and not connected to race, class and privilege in the history of America. Right. right. So, so I hear, so I hear everything here. that you're saying, but motherfuckers is dying right now. All right. But let's let a couple a couple of because folks of the history. Um, Michelle Johnson says someone wrote that for him. He didn't uh, he didn't do it for grandma. Yes, he works for Trump, so he should finesse the wording. So how you finesse the word? What Michelle, do you say? Michelle's got a point. Stay Michelle, ass inside? Michelle is saying, I think her point is he's got some ownership out of what comes out of his mouth. So um, so if someone wrote that for him and he wasn't with it, you know, he had an opportunity to say something. Uh, Shalegra says we can all exhibit anti-blackness under the right circumstances. Right. So y'all, y'all do it every week. Are oh, you not putting them up? <laughs> I'm putting a, a clip up. And, and, I, and no. I, got, I got the clip Whoa. ready. Uh, it's down there for you if you want to show it. But I mean, we did this. We covered this topic um, here. Let me let me play a little bit of yeah, it. Let's see. We do not think. people Can you all hear it? Biological yeah. or not what you're talking over. Get COVID-19. There is nothing inherently wrong with you but they are socially predisposed to coronavirus exposure and to have a higher incidence of the very diseases that put you at risk for severe complications of coronavirus. But as the vice president shared on the call this morning, this history, and I want you to hear me say this, it does not have to be our nation's future. We're taking steps now in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic to reach, protect, and strengthen all communities impacted by this disease, and especially our communities of color. More details will be forthcoming, but we are actively working as uh, the vice president and the CDC director laid out today. Data collection, targeted outreach to communities of color, and increasing financial, employment, education, housing, social, and health supports so that everybody has an equal chance to be healthy. And I want to close by saying that while your state and local health departments and those of us in public service are working day and night, to help stop the spread of COVID-19 and to protect you regardless of your color, your creed, or your geography, I need you to know you are not helpless. And it's even more important that in communities of color, we adhere to the task force guidelines to slow the spread. Stay at home if possible. If you okay. go out, maintain six mm-hmm. feet of distance between I mean, it, you know, we, we could listen to this all night, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost over. It was just this the part yeah. where I think people was coming the part up with the abuela and the big mom. Yeah, and call your it's right now. family, checking on your mother. She wants to hear from you right now. And speaking of mothers, we need you to do this. If not for yourself, then for your abuela, do it for your granddaddy, do it for your big mama, do it for your pop pop. We need you to understand, especially in communities of color, we need you to step up and help stop the spread so that we can protect those who are most. 
All right. What's wrong with Black that? People, Black people, people step up. So what's wrong step with that? Up. We've been we've been ignoring this stuff for months. We had intel about it from other countries for months. We downplayed it. We said it's not real. We said it's a hoax. Da, da, da. Now, hey, y'all people of color, y'all need to step up and help us fix this. Mm. Has, has any of them ever apologized for like what they did? Like previously like playing with this stuff is that what? your focus right now though is that what you focused on right now i think that's a part of it absolutely so we absolutely. talked about this i, I can't i can't, so, I can't. We, so we talked about this in uh in one of the virtual chats and there was a few different things i think that this message by itself and that's why i showed the whole clip because he was trying I, I he laid out a context before just kind of trying to placate to a certain demographic right and he answered for it and said this is how this is what i this is how you know i call my grandfather pop pop or whatever what it is is i think that one it is a part with him being with trump i think that a lot of people just see something trending and they want to jump on it and it's hot to jump on i do think that there are some well-informed people like you sharif and some other really really smart people that i know and i respect because i brought this topic up i think you and should stop throwing at, around that really really looking, smart thing when can you talk please about let me finish my answer <laughs> he can't <laughs> let no, me well, finish <laughs> So I think a lot of people are having a negative reaction to him having anything to say about black or brown people because of his work in Indiana and the, and the outbreaks that happened with HIV under his watch. And like he has not been good in infectious diseases before. And I think that there are a small group of these people that kind of led that charge. But I do think that the vast majority of people on Twitter or whatever the case is, is just jumping on a hot train. And I think that this is the wrong thing to focus on. I think that what that man said in that moment was factual. I think that I don't have to like you or your politics in order to understand that science. And I think that like it, it, if that's the type of heat that you got for people right now, then maybe you want to have that same type of heat for people that's having under, underground parties and things like that at this moment. Sharif, I hear what you're saying. I don't know if getting an apology right in this moment while motherfuckers is dying is the thing that we that I should be focused no, on. I'm not but saying it. I'm not mad, I'm I'm not mad at you to have an apology that. for right now. What I'm saying is me listening to that clip just now sounds like he's almost blaming black and brown people for the mess I didn't that hear, we're I, I didn't hear him blaming. I why did, him why say, did he tell everybody? Why I'm, saying, blaming I'm, I'm blaming him. I'm blaming him. I'm here. I'm I'm blaming stay your ass inside. I'm blaming y'all. Stay bro, you gotta, inside. You gotta turn your game down, bro. It's like really loud. <laughs> it's like distor- no, it's like distorted. It's like New it's York, like Charlie Murphy in a in a T Pain song. Um, so listen, I don't care. I don't care about all this. I, I just don't right. care. Like, like pe- people could get outraged every third day. Absolutely. And what we talk about on this show all the time is the education of eight million black children, and nothing about what's good for our children and our people is going to be solved by getting outrage fatigue over something this dude said. Four words, right. pop, pop, mom, mom, big mama, boy, whatever. It sounds kind of stupid to me, whatever it is, what he was trying to say, but who cares? But you know what, Chris? Right? And, like, and, and I'm on the same. Cares? I mean, I'm on the same hype as you. And you, you know, know, but you know what? The funny thing is, Chris, if he would have used like like Asian colloquialisms, right? We would have got mad at him and saying, "Well, why he ain't use the black ones? Why he ain't talk directly to us? Why he ain't say nothing about Big Mama?" What you're like hitting that. on right now, though, is my point. You just made my point, which is it don't matter. We gonna be mad regardless. We, we, we like you know the laser pointers. We like the cat with the laser pointer, and you could just point it in any direction of any outrage, and we, it'll just take our attention away. Mm. Take our attention away from the fact nothing's right. going to happen better for us with the police with the health care system with the education system none of the systems are going to get better by us being outraged every 30 seconds by something mm-hmm. that's superfluous and just right. stupid i agree right. i mean i'm not outraged by him this is my first time actually seeing the clip i saw some of the right. noise about it my thing is like but i can't help not see the pattern of this country and people in position of power constantly 
constantly blaming black and brown folks for the mess that did America you, did. Did you just hear blame just now? Yeah, I, I did. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. No, I heard wait. blame. You, he you said, heard blame? He said, when you blame? say you need to step up and fix this and help us fix this without like without saying any yeah. other absolving everyone else. Because black, you, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. We talked about this last week. Black and brown folks are not the only people hanging Absolutely not. Absolutely not, Sharif. Did you hear that? Did you hear that in that clip? But let me tell you, let me give you context. The context came after the numbers of who's dying the most came out. This is in a direct response to the numbers of black people dying in exponential mm-hmm. rates. Okay. So, so let, me, response, let me tell you how I would explain Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. So the response was to a direct situation involving data that just came out about black people and a question that we asked a black man, right? And I don't like this guy. I do not like his, his politics, but we are arguing- You don't even know what his politics thing. are! His, he's he's definitely super Republican. He's definitely on your. What team. the fuck is what he's trying to save lives? You really need to turn your game down. <laughs> you turn you down. really and your you, mic, bro, like, something is wrong you, with you. You really, mic. yeah. It's it's not like like it's like you got a bullhorn. Like, you sound you know like we had a Black Lives the, Matter concert. He, the <laughs> point he, he is he is he is he is Mike Pence's guy. He that's who handpicked him, right? The point and like this is what I'm saying, right? The the point that I'm trying to make in this thing is that. Two things can be true at once. Black people, there is definitely racism and how this is playing out. Poverty and a whole bunch of bad policies and a whole bunch of racism is playing out that is leading to us dying the most. And we are very, very, very highly susceptible to this disease. We are very highly susceptible. Like I I am here in this city right now. I have I came back here because my 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 aunt has Alzheimer's and other people that early people that live here have respiratory issues. And it's like, look, I know y'all respect me and y'all love me. I'm going to come out there. I'm not coming to your house and nothing like that, but I'm going to be in the city for you. But y'all got to stay home. You can't have visitors. Listen. You can't have people coming in and like because you will it, the ch- because of racism. If you get sick, you probably going to die more than that white person that, right. uh, in let's, the same let's age. A, let's take a quick comment. Uh, break. Angie Bird says it's the wrong uh, it's the wrong thing to focus on. People are dying right now. And I think when she says um, the wrong thing to focus on, it might be cornering him on the language. Um, uh, Aaliyah Bradley says an apology is needed. Health disparities are real. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it's delayed, when there's a delayed reaction, they knew it would co- cost us the most. Right. So I, I, I think what Aaliyah is saying is there's something before you come preach us about what the black community should be doing. You need to come out here and apologize for the fact that y'all knew you were sitting on this for months mm-hmm. and you knew that, uh, exactly. that black people were dying at a, at a higher rate than others. And now, now you're gonna come out and lecture. I think what I see in some of the other comments though is a balance between the, yeah, they gotta be held accountable. And also we have to be held accountable. Can't be having parties. Someone here, I can't remember uh, in, in the comment feeds that I'm sick of people. Um, still getting together and acting like we're not dying right now. Like it's not real. Um, that was Michelle. Michelle says, um, I'm sick of seeing people gathering together and running around like COVID ain't real. Um, so there's accountability for everybody to go around. But the bottom line, I mean, I don't really give a damn if you upset about like something that this dude said, stay alive, stay home uh, and, and educate your kids as always. Right. Like we in a race here. Yeah. I mean, I, I would just, I mean, the last piece I would, I would say about this and first of all, Hey, Ange, Hey, principal Bradley. Um, thanks for, for tuning in. I would say one as, as a leader, one of the things who, who is he talking to? Who's the audience that he's trying to reach? 
Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's my that's always my point. Like, what's the best way to handle something? Is Raheem on 52nd Street actually listening to him? Do oh they even God. know that he exists, oh. that he's saying something? And oh. so, like, if you're trying okay, to. Get, so, so, Sharif, if Raheem isn't, then who's who's whose responsibility is it if Raheem isn't? I, I think it's a lot of people in the community can can get to him better. But I think part of getting people, part of pe- getting people to buy in, part of getting people's cooperation is you you first you lead with something else besides that. I think taking ownership. If I'm standing in front of my that staff, and hold up. If I'm standing in front of my staff and there's something wrong, I'm going to take ownership for what I did or how I um, attributed to the problem first, and then say, "Hey, I need your help in in getting." I didn't hear any of that. That's all I'm saying. I don't have a problem with us appealing to our community, whoever it is. And again, I don't think it's just black and brown folks hanging out and Mm -hmm. spreading this stuff. Right. And I do think it's deadlier for black and brown folks because of a lot of the races that we don't want to talk about. A lot of the disparities that we don't want to talk about. And so, yes, we are more at risk. Right. More of us have to be on the front lines right now working, doing things that nobody else wants to do. That's true. Right. And so, yeah. So I, I that, but all of that is part of the context. And I don't think you just show up and say, do it for your abuela. Do it. That's for not, your- but, but, but like you, Yo, but you just you didn't really hear the whole thing, right? Yo, like, and, and I'm not even mad about it. Like, as I said, I, I don't get, I don't, but listen, no, but y'all know me. I don't get caught up in, in, you know, in this kind of nonsense. But that's and I do want to point out when people are, are pushing back. There's a reason what they should be doing, what the government should be doing is being like, OK, how do we connect with the people that have been marginalized that we have never connected with because mm-hmm. it is a deadly situation? And there are okay. ways that they can do that. That wasn't it. OK, let me let me jump yeah. in real quick before wow. Charles wow. hogs the mic. Now I'm hogging the mic. You done yelled at every damn body every time it, you spoke it, and distorted the audio. It, it, but now I'm talks, hogging the mic. Go ahead, talks, bro. I ain't got nothing else to say on the topic. I ain't got nothing else to say on the, on, on, on the thing. Go ahead. Well, I'm glad you ain't got nothing else to say because now I can finally say something. Because for the last eight minutes, you've been talking. So wow. what the hell? You really timing it? You you interrupted wow. Reef. Yeah, you, interrupt, you you interrupted wow. Reef, who wasn't say really something saying, substance, bro. Give me some you, substance. Uh, you're interrupting me. You're not allowing me to give you anything of substance because you keep fucking talking. <laughs> We're still waiting, bro. We still waiting. Okay. Oh my, clock is ticking. Ray All right, is talking so about somebody interrupting. Go ahead. Oh my Go God, yo! Go so you and you you didn't get Reef just interrupted you and you just interrupted Reef. You said nothing about apologizing. Go ahead. Go ahead. See, this, is this this is what's the problem with subject matter like this, and this is why I don't care and why I'm like deeply disturbed. Mm. I don't care about all this. Why are we still? Why are we still talking about this? Right? Because Charles won't shut up. It's not because Charles won't shut up. It's because the outrage machine won't shut up. It's because the cancel culture every day wants to wake up and find somebody to cancel. But when it comes down to the things that are germane to our communities, right, that we're living and dying by, right, the disparities, it's hard to get eight people to show up and spend more than 15 minutes thinking about it. But we can just like go off on this type of stuff, right? Everything from Kardashian having braids to this this fool standing up there talking about pop pop. Okay, so so. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so let me let me let me respond with something of substance, right? And so Michelle Michelle Johnson, uh, L. Michelle Johnson says, uh, "Y'all did not address the drinking and drugs comment. That is what bothered me the most. If you think about the African American community, right, and you think about the things that we have subjected ourselves to over time, drugs exist. And I know that there's the argument of the reason why drugs and alcoholism exist in our community." 
right? Because we didn't bring it there or whatever. I get that. But let's not gloss over the fact that there's a lot of drug abuse that's happening. Let's not gloss over the fact that there's a lot there's not there's a lot of alcoholism that's that's impacting our community in all communities and then let's talk about let's talk about these port cities with astronomical unemployment that has been magnified by covid because unemployment in the black community was already about 18 to 20 percent in certain communities while we're we're glossing over while we're talking about this three to four percent nationwide it's not like that in the hood y'all know that Right. And so we are predisposed to certain things. And as a community, we need to have these types of discussions. And so, Charles, I'm sorry for giving you shit. You know, I got to do that sometimes. But this is a really important conversation that we need to have. I mean, but do you think we're getting to the important part of it if we're concentrating on things like pop pop and abuela, but we're not concentrating on the fact that this was a health briefing, a daily health briefing, trying to address the fact that we're dying oftentimes because of risk factors and behaviors that we're not talking about. We're talking about racism and everything else, but we're not right. talking about the people who are going to probably die next week because they're going to do things tomorrow that they shouldn't do. Right. But, but here's the thing. And, and, and that's the problem. You we could we could argue about um, yeah. we could argue about racism and how it's yeah. existed for 400 years. But you're going to die next week. If you do something tomorrow, that's stupid. Right. Right. So what I need what I need everybody to do is think about that, that let's think about the global 400 years of oppression and all that. stuff. yeah, let's let's keep all that going. Let's also not lose the fact that you might die next week if you don't get your behavior right. So that's what that's what I think is the most important thing out of that entire discussion, no matter how he phrased it, no matter how he phrased it. If Fauci, if Fauci had if Fauci had said the same thing. Then yo, I think that I would I think that there would be less ire from black folks if Fauci had said. Now think about how crazy that is. Yeah. I mean, man, I'm I'm exhausted because yeah, still, I, yeah. Yeah. Because even if Fauci said it, no matter who said it, the it bottom is, line is you might die next week. If you don't concentrate saying, on the things, if you don't concentrate on the things that matter, you and know, you get yeah. all caught up and, in the nonsense. You yeah. might die. Right? I guess my, my reaction is like this because off air, I talk to you all about the numbers. I get medical briefings almost yeah. daily. I showed yeah. you all what's happening. I showed you actually what's about to happen, right? Like what we are gearing up for. This is a stupid argument. It's a stupid, like it, it, we are talking about the wrong thing. We can, multiple things can be true at once. Everything Sharif said is true. Everything Ray and Chris said is true. Like we have to be able to balance where multiple things can be happening. And the facts are, if your black ass got a bigger chance of dying than these other people, is it racist? Yes. But do I want to lose more people? No, I don't. And just to, and, and just to put a button on it, man, Diddy just did right after this, Diddy did something where that's all they did was have people just translate for the hood what doctors were saying and then nobody had it. it it was like oh thank you for doing that thank you for reaching us where you are and they did the same thing and to be honest with you reef they actually even went harder on us they they went they said hey Jay, one of the rappers said y'all can't be on the on the block right now sharing blunts that is a that is a a statement from the thing right now like diddy thank you so much i just think that right it, yeah we just we can, we need to move on it's, it's frustrating because i know it's about to happen it's really frustrating People about to yeah. be mourning. Okay. That's what's up, Charles. And Charles, I'm glad that as the expert on this topic, given the fact that 
given the fact that you're exposed to the things that you're exposed to in your other life and that you wear those hats, that you're able to come in and give this type of feedback to folks from a place of from a from a place of um from a place of care. So I appreciate you and I appreciate you brothers for having this no, conversation. We good, brother. We always good. All right. So um next topic is uh yeah, damn. All right, so Chris, we talked about this the other day, but we didn't have the video to talk about it. So there's a little girl who got her hair cut off uh by her mother. And her father went out, he took her to get her hair done, put beads in her hair. The little, little girl was proud of the hairdo. It was bonding time for the for the dad and the mom. Uh, Charles, if you could pull up the uh, the clip at some point, that would be good too. Um, and so when the dad brings the, the, the daughter home from getting the hair done, uh, the mom cuts the hair off, mm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it was toxic. <laughs> It wasn't a good look. Mm-hmm. And I want to know y'all's thoughts because we, we we shy around these types of conversations. Oh, shit. And we need to be having these types of conversations. Oh, you haven't seen this before, Charles? No, I haven't. Yeah. Here, so the brother, I, so, the brother's happy. He's doing his job here, as a father. I'm, 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 I got it on my screen. Okay. Hold on. Give me, give me two seconds and I'll have it. I, I was tripping off just looking at it just now. My bad. My God. Yeah, wait, it's, wait, it's a trip. Wait, I got to reshare because I got I didn't share the audio. But... Sorry, it, it threw me. It's that it threw me that much just now. Yeah, um, and so and so in, in order to add more context, I didn't even I didn't pick the clip from the dad. I picked the clip from the mom justifying why she did what she did. All right, well let's play the clip. Clip. So this is what I just found. Hopefully this is the right. My baby said nobody did be crying. I don't care. I told you stop playing. They want to cut my baby hair out of here. Look at that shit. Oh my gosh. That shit's sad. Hurt my baby feeling. Now wait. But you don't hurt the dad. You hurt her feelings. You hurt my baby feelings. My baby sat there for two hours. My baby sat there for two hours. Okay. Yeah. That was rough to watch. Yeah, I don't want to do this topic. Um, <laughs> I mean, I felt like I got punched in the stomach watching I, 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 that, that poor little girl. You know, like her and, face. And this is what y'all always do. This is what y'all always do. I'm going to tell right? you why I don't want to do this topic. I mean, I'm a, okay, I, go ahead. If, if I knew that there was a controlled room and, and, and I knew everybody that was going to be in the room and it was a part of this community, um, I'm OK having that conversation. But there are a lot of people outside of our community that don't that already don't know a lot about us. And they take that's a bullshit like that, argument, bro. And they that's take clips argument. like that. And they take clips like that and they make assertions about all of us as a race. Like, I think that like, I mean, but that's just, that's some dirty, I, I, I want to have that conversation amongst people that I know, love and trust and that have a, and that know and love us as opposed to just kind of having that and, and buckshotting it all out there. That's, that's just my opinion. But, no, that's, that's I, but we here now, that's I mean, it's bullshit. not bullshit. It's my thought. It's, it's, all right. it's so, so, so let's, let's, uh, Let's see what people say. So Stephanie says people must be called out on their bad behavior, bad and negligent behavior when it's killing them, their families and their neighbors. I don't know if that's directly in, into this. Uh, Nicole Johnson says, I want to fight that mom. I don't really care why she did it. The baby is not going to remember the complexities of her reasoning. Um, Ter- Teresina says that was wrong. Um, uh, Sarah Carpenter says she's crazy. Um you know, you're not going to find anybody who's going to say, I think this is good. Yeah. Right. Like, like, like nobody's going to say like, you know, I support her uh, or I think it's okay. I, I, you know, Ray, you and I talked about fathers on Friday. We talked about toxic femininity and the development of the black male. 
and the things that don't get talked about when there's discord in relationships between black fathers and mothers, or when there's co-parenting situations, you don't really, the, 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 the painful part of the male side is hidden and invisible and doesn't get, get, so I don't know what this dude was supposed to do in this situation. Right. I don't know what this brother was supposed to do in this situation, but he's not the last one that's going to face a situation situation. He's not the first one who has faced that. Um, and Charles, I don't know if, you know, I, I don't agree with Charles at all. So I, I'm kind of on, on the fence with it. That's fine. I'm on the fence with it. I get I it in a way, but I also feel like it's a way of sweeping things under the rug. You Absolutely. Know. You know, I, I don't think it's sweeping because I think we should deal with it. I'm saying that I'm, but I'm conscious of the, of the company that's in my, I'm conscious of the people in my company uh, when I'm sharing certain things. Right. So okay. go ahead. I think okay, Nicole so don't like what I said. Nicole said the painful part of the male side is hidden. She. So he, I'm not. I'm not. Hey, I'm. Hey, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not hiding. I'm not hiding anything, right? Because I feel like when you do certain things and you display certain types of toxicity, that shit needs to be exposed. And I think that a lot of times when we think about African American families, we want to have these closed door conversations, and nothing ever changes. Right. And we never have those conversations. Right. Ray. We never have right, them in the right. closed but then, doors. But then, you know? but then also, but then also uh, with, with that, these white folks are with these kids every day. And so to, to immune them from, from these types of conversations and these types of situations and whatnot, and then they come in with this trauma into these schools, which are majority white folks, then they don't have any kind of context in terms of like how to deal with these kids or to even understand what they're going through in order to be able to empathize with them. So for us to say, Oh no, we only this only needs to be a black conversation. No, it's a fucking but universal that, conversation. I'll let Sharif respond because go ahead, bro. No, go ahead. I mean, uh, first of all, that was sickening to watch. And and I I mean the one part I would say is like those kind of things. And I hear you. The thing I would tell uh you know white teachers is that you know traumatic things like that don't just happen to black children. Because I think a lot of times, and Chris talked about like, it goes back to like awfulizing children and awfulizing communities. I think that's the kind of stuff that feeds it because people are coming in, you have uh, like just tons and tons of white people working in schools with communities of color. If you already have biases, if you already have a certain stereotype about black mamas, then that reinforce, and if you're not interrogating, if you're not being pushed to interrogate it, by yourself, by your colleagues, by other people, then it's going to continue. Right. And so that's the piece. That's why I'm like, you know, cautious about having this type of conversation without the lessons as well, because somebody can take that and just it just reinforces their stereotype about the next 10 black mamas that they encounter, even though it may be radically different situation. That's that's my I'm trying I'm trying to understand too though cuz I'm on the fence. I don't know that I'm getting it 100% though. Is the worry that is the worry that racist people or people who are culturally incompetent are going to hear the conversation, hear you having the conversation and it's going to make them more racist and more culturally incompetent than they are to start with. Um I I, I wouldn't necessarily say maybe partially, bro. I'm I'm it, my answer ain't even that sophisticated. Certain times there's some bad shit that happens in your house 
You know what I'm saying? And you love those people in your house and you want it to be dealt with accordingly and in a certain type of way. And you know, people outside that house don't say, had the same empathy and mm-hmm. already want to see you fail. Two, I'm okay. Like, I agree with everything that y'all said. It's toxic, it's wrong, and this ain't okay. And I want to put out there for anybody listening this ain't shit that's just, it ain't just running rampant and just happen. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, every time a black mama get mad, she ain't just cutting somebody's hair. But I'd feel better. If after we showed that clip, then I showed the white people doing it and I showed the Asian people. Like, I'm just saying, because we we not highlighting and putting on this screen like the number one trending show right now is the fucking Tiger King, man. That's the most dysfunctional thing I've ever seen in my life. We ain't having a full conversation or discussion about that. Like now like I'm pulling up. Right. I'm pulling up Sharif's argument from the last topic. Right. It's like like who is in the room matters to me and how these things get discussed because I'm going to feel a type of way when I hear somebody outside of our community, having conversations with people outside their community without context of who we are as a people and placing this on all of us. Like that's a problem for me, but I, and maybe I, and, and it don't have to make sense to nobody else. Don't nobody else have to agree with that. It made me uncomfortable one. Cause this is my first time seeing it. And I saw it here live with you all. Right. Like, and I'm still processing it, you know, um, that, that's just kind of where I'm at with it. And and I'm cool mm-hmm. if people ain't feeling how I think about that. No, I feel like, you know, I feel like no matter what in our community, there's going to be a group of people who are going to cheer you for that. <laughs> they're going to they're going to say, Charles is speaking my language. You go, Charles. Like like there are going to be people that are going to agree with you. So I think it's a good thing to say. I think it's a good thing to say because there's going to be how people I really that- feel. Yeah, and I think it's a good thing to say because it's going to get you the 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 ear of mm-hmm. of that part of the community that's going to cheer you for that. Um, I think it's complex. I guess that's the only thing I can say. I'm on the fence. I was yeah. trying to figure out which side I would fall on for sure for this. Um, I don't really care who's in the room, whatever. And I don't want to say that because I know how people are going to feel about that, whatever. Truth is truth, right? Truth is truth, whether it's in this room or it's in this room or it's in that room, right? Truth is is just what it is. But I guess I am understanding when people say context matters, though. Like how you set the table and where you say something. Um, I just fear that that will always be the way that we don't ever come back and talk about those things. But I just want to say, I'm not saying that we don't talk about it. I, I don't, I don't, don't, don't leave that part out. This should be handled. There should be, that should have been swift repercussions actually in that moment, right? Like this should be discussed. What I'm saying is I'm just not out of the litany of topics in the world that we can discuss out of all my pickings this ain't the shit that I'm picking in this room. That's that, that. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying like, I'm scared. I'm, I mean, that's my thought, bro. Like you, you can I mean, feel you, however you, you want to feel you, about you, it. Bro. I don't know that you feel, I don't know you feel a hundred percent that way. I can't tell you how you're going to feel, but you have a background in social work. I right? do. And you have an education in social work. So you've seen a lot of things already. This isn't going to be like, this isn't going to be like the first time that you know that there's stuff going on in our community. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're going to have to process it. But people talk about trauma in our kids. Mm-hmm. They don't ever see it for real or talk about actual examples of it. They just use the word trauma and it's supposed to mean everything. We're supposed to know what that means. We're supposed to, you know, but the way it actually plays out that, that little girl, um, I think walks away from that situation with a lesson that is the wrong lesson for her to learn. And she goes into a school the next day or into a daycare. Mm -hmm. And I'm not thinking that's going to be the last time something like that happens for her. So I don't really care about the mother or the father in their situation. I shouldn't say I don't care. That's the wrong thing. No, I I get you. Cause I don't either. The point is that little girl is going to be in somebody's classroom in a week or so. Absolutely. And, and the, and trauma 
is just a word until you actually put a face on it. And can you I, can, but can I, let me, and, and just cause you, you made the point about me being a social worker. I think part of the reason I was a good social worker and did really well is that black people are needed in social work because white folks see shit like this and they think that it's everybody. And they think that a case where that, where this isn't happening, they think that it is like when they, they don't have context of who we are. And if these are the examples that we're leading with, like people listen to us, man, people like people get their notes from us. There are, there are white folks that are doing their PD by our shows. You know what I'm saying? So I'm good with us showing this, but now I want to do a deep dive on the fucking tiger King. I want to do a deep dive on some like toxic, crazy white people. Why, doing why stuff do we? Why do we care about the time? That shit doesn't people. matter to me. I don't but why do we care but, about those people? But the point that I, I, what I'm saying is, I'm talking about the perceptions of our people that can lead to really, really bad things happening. Man, you you mentioned up social work. There have been parents that have lost their kids for way lesser stuff because of the pre like the preconceived notions that white people had about those parents, man, that wasn't actually the case. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to be part of pushing a certain narrative. I don't think that we're doing that intentionally. I'm just saying like, there's a way at all. You think think we're doing it partially? I think, I I think, I think, I don't think we're doing that per se. I'm thinking that as somebody, again, where I'm at is I'm processing this right now with Sharif, right? This is the first time I saw this. You see what I'm saying? Like, so I'm still like, having my reactions right but there even even when i get certain news man i don't want to have my reactions in front of everybody i want to i'll have reactions in front of the three of you that i don't necessarily might not want to have in front of the whole world right and like and i know that we're trying to get away from certain things you whatever be cases. Podcast. whatever bro you you can say or feel however you want to feel bro but that's my I'm rationale doing. and that's my point and it is what it is so right. i mean and i'm gonna keep coming with that so what Yo, now what? so charles listen hey yo the beauty of this podcast is that we don't all have to agree. We don't. And I 100% tell you right now that I don't agree with shit you just said. And I don't agree with most of the shit you say. So let's keep <laughs> okay. going. And, and, but, and we keep it in a band. If we keep it in let's, a band, I don't do agree it. with anything you say. Either. Let's do it. So I'm with it. Let me just so, add, so, add a piece. It is what it is. So let Sharif jump in really, um, and give y'all some Jedi teacher. stuff. She was a, a white woman. And by all accounts, she was a she was a strong teacher, like academically. Like she could move students. And one day she videotaped like I guess like Facebook Live or something, a picture of this black girl's hair. Mm. And, you know, that's what made, they made me think of. So the girl, I guess, you know, there was she didn't finish the hair or something like that. Mm-hmm. She videotapes and puts it on social media. And it's like, oh, you know, oh, look at this poor girl's hair. She worked so hard. But, you know, look at this hair. This is a shame. You know what I mean? Like that's like that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like people who who can't understand like how wrong that is and they may be teaching a teacher like that maybe you know that kid she looked like she's what kindergarten first grade you know what i mean maybe in front of that child tomorrow mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so it's like it's it's those kind of that ball of that ball of wax <laughs> I, I, all right, I so let's just y'all done opened it up to so many different things. It's it, it, I guess it ends with it's complicated, it's complex. Um, the only I'm thing that's not look, complex is like that was a bad situation that my heart breaks for that kid. Like absolutely, I'm just, like like I'm trying to you know just keep it together. Um, I wonder if the mom has mental health. I wonder like what the communication between dad and mom need to have. You know all of that. 
you know. Um, yeah, but you can you can't. Reef, you're Reef, you're a former social worker as well, right? And so I don't want I don't want people to not know that because you have a different Look, opinion. I, listen, listen, let me social worker, father. I'm not wa- sitting there watching and videotaping somebody do something to my daughter. Like f yeah. that. Like I like yeah. that's like I can't process There's a whole lot of it. Like it just Bob. I am not videotaping. Like I'm some Bob Costas while you're doing that to my daughter. I mean, what yeah. you gonna do besides I'm, go I'm to jail? My daughter, right? no, hey, I'm, I was, I was, I'm, I'm going to jail. On, mom, but in, in that instance right there, in that instance right there, I'm going to jail. Yeah, in that instant right there, no, I, I won't be a mm-hmm. felon. I'll, I'll plead it down, but yeah. I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail. But yo, let's move on. Next topic is uh, student retention during COVID. So I see a whole lot of Facebook posts. I see a whole lot of Twitter posts with people uh, talking about doing this online learning thing. Right. Uh, Is it right to have a conversation with parents about student retention? So I wanted to get y'all's thoughts in terms of like, do you think that a child should be retained during this pandemic? Listen, this is what I think parents should look out for. There's going to be all kinds of weird and wild things that people are going to say right now that they've always wanted to say. And you have to be critical thinkers about what's being proposed. Someone, I don't know who was a week or so ago, proposed that we... um, we keep everybody back a year. Um, one proposed that we we cancel summer. We take the summer just way. There's not going to be a summer anymore. And, you know, th- you those type like of things. Vacation when you say cancel summer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, you can't cancel the weather. I mean, like you can't cancel the summer. Yeah, I just want to make sure know? people understand like, what, that, <laughs> yeah. what that means. Cancel, yeah. Cancel the summer break from school. Um, and basically just keep kids going through learning all for the rest of the year or whatever. Um, I just think parents are going to have to be smart consumers right now and figure out what they want to do for their, for their own kids. So. Okay. And so my take on this is simple. If you didn't have a retention conversation with a parent in September, then you damn sure better not be having no retention conversations with parents right now. It's like as instructional leaders, we need to step up to the plate. This is the time for principals to step up to the plate and defend these babies. Right. Because this is not about retention. This is not you. You can't go through a pandemic and then talk about and have retention talk. This is about getting these kids doing the best you can while you have them right now and then getting them in the fall. And meeting them where they are. Now, this is we have this conversation all the time about meeting kids where they are, but none more important than the fall and getting these babies and meeting them where they are. Do the best you can now to try to make sure that you're doing everything that you can to curb some of learning loss and like all the loss that they're that they're um they're not receiving right now by having in-person instruction. Mm-hmm. But right now, we need to think about meeting these kids where they are. Do you worry about a lost year? I don't. And the reason why I don't, I, I worry about a lost year for uh, for for large systems that haven't incorporated online learning and their kids are not engaged. I worry about those systems. In this case, I think I lean more towards how charter schools and their and their ability to be innovative um, may give them a distinct advantage over folks that may not be as uh, as creative or as creative or maybe crippled by the system that they're in, right? Because I know for us, we uh we invested in our infrastructure. So we already had a um 
we already had a one-on-one uh, Chromebook to Chrome Chromebook to student uh, thing going on. So it was easy for us to make this online transition. And I know a lot of charter schools are saying that uh, the level of engagement with the kids uh, has increased mm-hmm. at the fact that mm-hmm. now there's no chalk and talk in front of the teachers. And now the teachers are forced to have to be more creative than they were um, given the fact that, you know, they really have to teach now. So I think a lot of kids are benefiting from this. So, you know, that's where I'm at. Kwame uh, says, how can we possibly talk about retention when teachers, schools and districts are still struggling to process and assimilate into the new reality? The focus should simply be on growth for our students for this year. Um, David says pushing a mass retention is wrong. This moment should highlight an indictment of our existing school systems. I think a few people here said the comment that we have, like from Michelle here, which is, were they going to be retained before the pandemic? Or is it because of the pandemic is a, you know, becomes a convenient way to hold a bunch of people back. Charles, what are your thoughts? I mean, look, bro, we've been passing kids that can't fucking read. We've been pushing kids through kids going to school for 13 years, including kindergarten. I graduated with three, eight, had AP English and was still remedial everything. I mean, just because some other folks, another group of people think that what's right for our kids now, don't don't change shit for me. You know, if, if you try to hold my whole school back, I'll slap the shit out of you. So, I mean, I think that's just what where we are. <laughs> You're going to go to jail for that too. You're going to go to jail for hey, that I'm too. I'm the only person in the world, bro. I'm the only person in the world that could bring it out of you. Um, Aaliyah says, as a principal, this is very complex. This is not even about retention. It's about our children who can ill afford this time. Um, All this flattening of a curve. That is why we need an apology. Systemic racism has already widened the gap. And now this. My children are suffering and now uh, have to create a deeper plan for next year. Um, this is that proverbial, you know, uh, somebody gets a cold and everybody else gets the flu or whatever, you know, um, if this is going to be bad for white kids this year to lose instructional time, the kids that were already behind, it's going to just compound. So next year could be very bad for these kids. Just the people just had that same energy. Like the people that's having these retention conversations now and holding kids back. Like this was an issue before any of this pandemic stuff was happening. Right. So like, let's actually have start having a conversation about which schools are actually educating our kids and which ones are not instead of all these dumbass charter traditional fights. Right. Where, and then you, if a charter school is having these type of stuff, y'all close them down in five years. Right. We got districts that have for years and 10 years and decades and the long time after after time after time have just been graduating kids and they're not even eligible for college. Like that's the work that I do every day. So when people, so this conversation don't even make sense to me. It don't even process. I mean, most people in the comments are saying, are agreeing with like asking the question, why would you retain right now? My only like pushback on it would be like, okay, but then what you do? You're going to put a person in ninth grade who's not a ninth grader just because just because we've been doing it just because theoretically, I mean, you can laugh, but just because we theoretically have been doing it's going to solve our problem by doing that this time. Right. Like to do it on purpose, like next year. So you you wasn't going to really be a ninth grader anyways uh, next year. Right. Uh, but you really uh, ain't going to be one now. But you really not going to be one now. Now you're going to be like a seventh grader in ninth this, grade. This, you know you what know? I would say to that? If you I, I would be I would be uh, I, just to Chris's point and to all the parents on here. If, if Chris is the parent was like, yo, 
I want to hold my kid back, then that's a different conversation, right? Like, and I respect that. That's all. But otherwise, no. Hey, Charles, Charles, I'm throwing you, I, I want to give you the Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, LU, bro. Right now, I want you to talk about, I want you to talk about A to G, bro, because I know that that shit is important to you and I know it's real. So, yo, I mean, bring it in. It's basically this issue uh, that we discussing, but it's being highlighted because of this pandemic. It, it is in, in California, you need to have these A through G requirements to be eligible to go to college. Black kids, we are graduating more black kids every year, which is a good thing. But the average around those kids that even graduate that's actually eligible to apply to college is like 30 something percent. Like it's terrible. Right. Like so we've been passing kids along. Um, and the term that we call it is inner city smart. It means that we lowered the bar so, so much in our schools that got black and brown kids. You know what I'm saying? So the one silver lining for this pandemic is that at least now we have in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't I can't stop thinking about like, you know, if this was a regular year, you know, many principals, I know I would have been still trying to think about out of school time, how to use the summer to catch students up. Um, and I and, you know, we tweeted about this a couple of days ago, like, you know, hopefully like this, this one silver lining is if people can get out of their way and stop with the constricted thinking and just say, OK, how do we we haven't been catching kids up. In the past, we haven't, you know, even though a lot of uh, a lot of places are using growth measures, people aren't accelerating the growth. So how can we use, you know, who's thinking about that right now for whether it's the summer, whether it's the fall, whether it's optional in the summer, whether it's all in in the fall, whatever it is like, that's the energy that also has to be, you know, a, a part of what's going on. Like it's um, but, you know, just to say, oh, everybody's held back. I don't think that's the I don't think that's the answer. I think, you know, this was March. And so, you know, what were you doing from August to March? Mm. Right. And so if, if it's anything, if you're talking about holding people back, you're really having an indictment against yourself from August to March. That's how I believe. Like you're indicting yourself. You should hold yourself accountable, not punish the students because mm -hmm. of the pandemic. What happened between August and March? You don't I hold a student back from because of March through June. Folks, real quick, this conversation is about to end in about six minutes, but it's really not about to end. It's going to continue in the Patreon, and it's going to get real, real lit in this Patreon. So if you are not a member of our Patreon, we'll definitely be sending out information with regards to how you can join. Uh, Cole, if you want to take us out about your uh, take, take us uh, on a tour with your book, with your book club and what you're doing with Patreon book club, sir. Yeah, it's all good, man. People in the Patreon just want to have more access and we're trying to build new ways for that to happen, right? So one is uh, a book club that we're doing. The first one is going to be next Saturday. Uh, if you're in the Patreon, you've gotten that email. Uh, we are going to like start meeting around that and have some special guests. And we're just going to put more and more goodies inside the Patreon. Also, if you are a Patreon member, you get to help produce this show. So you get to tell us the things you want us to talk about and we will start shouting you out by name. So go ahead. There's a bunch of uh, uh, different levels that you can sign up in and uh it, yeah it, it, it gets even more spicy in that group so you know and in that group i'd feel much more comfortable having that first conversation yeah that's what's up uh david mcguire patreon member shout out to you bro uh dr uh dr michelle patreon member shout out to you <laughs> so fellas what are your closing thoughts on the things we talked about uh, we weren't able to get to the, the principal comment, which I think is important. And we can save that. We can table that for next week or maybe even in the Patreon. But what are your final thoughts on everything we talked about? Starting with you, Chris. 
you know, so such a trip for me about this show and watching the comments. Um, before we had comments, we couldn't see what people were thinking in real time and we couldn't get their contribution. And it's amazing. If you look at our feed, it's mostly black women, <laughs> mostly black women with something real to say. Um, so I just want to acknowledge that and put that out there. That's a beautiful thing because we didn't have that before with the old way that we used to do this weekly podcast uh, to, to get to see it in real time. Um, Listen, my rap is like, I think we talked about all the wrong things tonight. Like if I'm just being real, I feel like this is we the, the, the title of this entire discussion should have been should be missing the point. To me, this is just one dude talking, right? Like as, as, a, as a fourth of the, the hands, I feel like we fell right into the trap of getting distracted about things that are not the real issue, right? And I think I said that a little bit in this conversation and I feel like to different extents, you know, you guys kind of tapped on that too a little bit. Like we were, we were wanting to go deeper on some things, but I just hope parents and people who are listening to this be very clear every day about what your children are facing um, and, and be critical, like think super skeptically and critical about everything. Um, Cause I think we're missing the point. Reef, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think, um, a couple of things. One, I think leadership is really important. And we've spoken about this in just about every uh, every aspect of, uh, of this situation that we're in today. Uh, leadership is important. I think leaders have to understand their audience. And if you're really trying to if you have a chart and saying, like, I'm really trying to get from point A to point B, then I'm going to to use the optimal levels. I'm going to use the best ways to communicate. I'm going to find the people closest to a particular group or a particular person. When I was a principal, if I needed a young man to do something different, or a young lady to do something different, I'm connecting with the people that's closest to them, not only their families, but their friends. Like, hey, can you, you know, engage them? Like, I'm worried about them. And I'm, I'm using all of my resources to get to a to get to the end, to get to my goal, to get to the, uh, you know, the end zone. And I, I think leaders have to do that. And so when we uh, when we don't, I think we are just throwing the throwing spaghetti on the wall and just saying stuff and doing stuff. And it's not aligned to actual getting outcomes. And I'm about mm-hmm. outcomes. Mm-hmm. I'm about outcomes. What do I need mm-hmm. to do to get the youth to hear me? First thing I'm going to do is, is acknowledge the pain of the past, acknowledge and try to connect with their humanity and then and then encourage them in, in ways that's going to resonate with the youth. When you're about outcomes then you're going to try to be as strategic as possible. If you're not, you're just going to stand up at a podium and, and, and just say whatever it is somebody hands you. Mm. Cole, take us home, baby. Uh, Chris, I just gave you the link uh, for the Patreon people are asking for it. So if we could flash it across the screen. That would be great. Um, I, look, man, y'all, y'all heard the conversation. I mean, we might argue and disagree on it, but I think the one thing that's clear is that we love our community. And I don't know how much shit needs to happen. I don't know how many of these wayward ass topics we got to have or where we fight each other. Where like, I, I keep saying that we on our own, man, but like, we keep talking about leaders and other people and like what they can do for us, man. And these people don't give a fuck about you or your kids or your health or any of this stuff. What else do we need to see? So how do you move? So how, so how do we move? 
How do you move as a listener if you're saying, you know, if, if you really just knew that your kid's life depend on them being educated? How does how do we move as a community if we really just knew that our health depended on how we move during this epidemic? Like, how will we be responding to things? I don't think certain shit like Uncle Tom will be the thing that's trending. I think it'll be us coming up with solutions and taking care of each other instead of the four of us who are actually great friends and got love for each other devolving into fighting. Right. Like, but I think it was important because this is a microcosm of what's happening in the country today. And we the only people that's like, we feel it the worst, man. And I'm not, that ain't me discounting nobody else or saying that there ain't nobody else struggling or suffering because they are. But damn it, this is called the eight black hands. And we supposed to be looking out for the eight million black people. And like, Black children, that, eight million black children. children. Yeah, 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 yeah. Children. Yeah. My bad. I'm just, I'm just in it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, uh, and I appreciate the conversation. I mean, it, it, I'm glad it got heated. It's good because uh, these are conversations that we need to be having, whether I'm comfortable with it or not. Yo, so, um, <clears throat> I, I agree with what you're saying, Cole. And, um, I think that this is an important conversation for us to have because it, it shows our community that we can have these conversations and not not necessarily be centered in terms of our thinking, but show that we can disagree respectfully as black men, mm-hmm. but still put the community in the forefront and still offer suggestions in terms of how we highlight our community and the things that we need to do for black folks. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, this show allows us to be unapologetically black in, in different aspects because we vote different. Our views are different but at the end of the day we still are aligned with the fact that we love black folks Mm -hmm. and we want black people to do better right and so you know there's more than one way to skin a cat I don't mean to offend any of y'all Peter folks because I know some folks think that their animals are more important (laughs) than black folks why did he pour the drink why did he pour the drink (laughs) but but, you know it's it's an important conversation to have and I'm glad that y'all provide this safe space for us to be able to have this type of conversation and according to our viewers Yo, they love this conversation, bro. So and who went and who and who went before as we hang up, who went over and just joined the Patreon? Because I saw a lot of y'all saying y'all was trying to get in. So shout your stuff out. You know what I'm saying? And uh we about to continue that conversation over there, and you get a lot of access after you become a patron. So thank y'all so much. Thank you. You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands Podcast with Ankrum, Cole. El Mecky and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening.